saying fuck the universe. FTU. But when I say fuck the universe, I don't mean it quite the way it sounds. I mean, I mean, I sort of love the universe. The universe made me, but. Wait, okay. But fuck it. <laughs> God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Here's the thing about fucking the universe. You need a big dick to fuck the universe, dude. Done. Can you imagine? Dude, if I try to fuck the universe, the universe would be like, is something happening? And I'd be like, I'm fucking you, man. I'm beach nitty. I'm fucking you, universe. And the universe would be like, is somebody saying something? Is something, is anything happening? And I'd be like, yeah, man. Fuck you, fuck you. And the universe would be like, hmm, what's for dinner? Dude, universe wouldn't even be feeling none of that shit because the universe is big, son. Uh, we got a few messages here. You can write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com. How might you just be like, that's like something you would say to your daughter after she told you the same joke that she's told you a thousand times? Like, hey, daddy, what did one cat say to the next? Oh, you're perfect. Mm, that's true. Okay, next. What's well, we got on? some messages over here. Oh, we do. Um, Let's look at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say thanks to Chris Laddier, who is a patron of the show. He sent me some hot sauce. He has like a hot sauce company in, in, in Texas, and he sent me, it's called Teardrop Pepper Company. Wow. And uh, really good. Highly recommended. I got the Supreme Serrano and the Golden Habanero. Great for camping. Nice. So, so thanks, Chris, for that. Karen Kling says, I've been listening to the podcast regularly, but it's taken me a while to get around to figuring out how to go on the Patreon to hear the secret weeklies. Can't wait to binge on all that secret sauce. So like you will automatically get a download of the first hundred secret weeklies if you become a Patreon, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, here's a question from Ann Brooks, by the way, another patron. She says, I love, love, love Bob's Prince cover, which you can get that immediate download if you go join us over there. She says, curious if either of you remember where you were New Year's of 1999, hunkering down in fear of Y2K or partying. You remember where you were? I mean, I was playing a show, but I don't remember where it was. Probably Antones and probably with the scabs. New Year's Eve is like big night. I mean, I've played on New Year's Eve. Most New Year's Eves for the last 25 years, I've played a show. Here's where I wouldn't be if I wasn't playing a show. I wouldn't be out. Dude, if it was New Year's Eve and I wasn't playing... I'm at home. Period. Are you doing anything special, or is that just another another night at the Beach Nitty residence for you? I'm at home. Now, hold up for a sec. Do you see this thing? It kind of looks like a cannonball, but it's no light can reflect from it because it's the absolute blackness. Yeah. Now, when, when the E from when, when I say I'm at home, when the E hits your ear, this it's a silent E. But when the silent E enters your ear hole and pings against the part of your brain that's called understanding, just know that right after that, you're going to hear this. Guess what that is? It's better when you sound out the sound of it falling. Here's what it is. Guess what that is? That's me fucking my mic up real hard. <laughs> That's me just fucking my mic up for a joke. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways. And they that, couldn't even uh, see it. That's a period. <laughs> Good job, dude. Jesus. <laughs> oh, did you watch the uh, Oscars? Nope. I, was gonna I didn't either. A, I was going to drop an F bomb, but I feel like I feel like if you won an Oscar this year, you're so pissed. Like if I would have won an Oscar this year, I'd be like so pissed. Why? Because you feel like it's sort of like got an asterisk next to it, like it's not real. It'd be like winning a gold at the Olympics where nobody participated in the Olympics. You'd be like, I won a gold, and then somebody would go, "Was it the year that nobody participated?" And you'd be like. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I was still the fastest. I mean, if everybody would have participated, I'd have still won. Uh, would you though? Would you though? Maybe. I didn't keep, maybe. I didn't keep up with any of the films. I, I didn't even. I hadn't seen most of the films that were nominated and stuff. I started trying to watch Nomadland. Yeah. It got got through about fifteen minutes of it, and then my wife was like, "I want to watch it. Stop watching it." I was like, all right. And now, of course, we haven't watched. And I started watching Sound of Metal and only got through about 10 minutes of that, too. Yeah. You can imagine many people have asked us if we've seen that because I do a Metallica podcast. Here's the, here's the other thing, too, that's fucking sucks, dude. Here's what sucks. The fucking, the people that vote for the Academy Awards are the racistiest racists in the world. So here's the problem. Like a couple years ago, they're like, well, we're going to just try not to be racist. And there's this weird thing where now if you're a person of color or if you're a woman and you win it, it's like, did you win it because you did the best thing or did you win it because people are just trying not to be look like they're racists? It's such a weird thing. Yeah, but what do you, I mean, how do you even solve that? <clears throat> You know, you solve it by not making a big deal if somebody's a woman or or if they're a person of color. You just go, they won because they were the best. You don't go, oh, it's a woman director won the no. Who, oh, who's it's doing a that? it's a Korean director. Who who's doing that? Well, are you saying when they t- when they like accept their speeches, they're like, um, oh, and by the way, like as a woman, it's important no, to me to the person the person that wins it can do that all day long. It's, I'm talking about the people that are giving the awards are like, oh, look at what we, we gave it to blah, 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 blah. She's a woman. Do they do that, though? Yes, they do it. They make a big <laughs> deal. They make a big deal out of it. It's like this big thing. It's like, don't don't make it a big thing. My wife is like, she's she gets so pissed off about it, too, because it, it doesn't help anybody get any it's like what i was talking about like winning the oscar this year when everybody held their films until this year because they couldn't make any money putting them out Mm -hmm. so the reason i get upset is because i want people to be taken seriously because what they do not who they are yeah like that's what's important and if you make a big deal out of like what sex you are, or what color you are, you're it's not helping the cause. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird needle to thread because it's trying to acknowledge the disproportion of history with now, right? There's got to be some acknowledgement that for a really long time, people weren't given the credit they were due or weren't given the attention to their projects because they weren't white dudes. So that hap- that did happen for a long time. And so... The cultural moment of now is like, how do we 
acknowledge that. And some, you know, some people, maybe the academy who are more concerned with looking woke or whatever, they're like, well, we're going to just favor projects that are made by marginalized people and to, to offset history. But then if you, if you are sort of beyond that, like, I don't care if it's a white dude or a black dude or a woman, I just want the thing to be great. So I'm a little, I'm not saying that I'm beyond how the implications of it or that it's racism's over or nothing like that. But yeah, like I don't, I don't think of those things. So when they're using those awards and platforms to like keep preaching, especially they're already preaching to like liberal people. Yeah, it's a little annoying. It's like, did it win Best Picture? Because it really was the Best Picture. But a lot of shitty movies win Best Picture. And who knows why? You know, who knows why Crash won Best Picture? I don't know why. Well, there's a lot of politics involved in right exactly in the Oscars it's kind of the it's kind of bought yeah it's kind of bought anyway and people's moments happen like leo winning for the revenant man he's fine in the revenant but it was almost like we just it's time to give leo an oscar that's really what it felt like to me like well it's time and he, he did pretty good this year so let and this director is really hot it's going to probably win best cinematography and best director so let's just make it a year of, of that you know i'm going to disagree with you because I think his performance in The Revenant was it's really good. A career high for him and it really was an incredible film and he was amazing in it. And he's all, he's he's always good. He's he's a, he's very watchable. He has that thing that we talked about in the last episode that people have that star quality. But here's the deal. I think I think he has three performances that are better than that that he should have won for. Uh What's Eating Gilbert Grape? The Departed and Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, well, I disagree. I think he his performance in Revenant was better than those. <laughs> Stalemate. I think when they gave the uh, when they gave the best director to Martin Scorsese for what did he win for The Departed or The Irishman or some bullshit movie that he made, that's where they were like, oh, we need to give this guy an Oscar. Yeah. Well, then we because agree that they, that's because done. We, because we didn't give it to him for fucking Raging Bull. We didn't give it to him for Mean Streets. We didn't give it to him for uh, Goodfellas. So let's let's make up for it and give him the the award. And that's what I think happened with Bob Dylan's Time Out of Mind, which I think is like a masterpiece. But <laughs> they've ignored Bob Dylan masterpieces his whole career. That was his first Oscar, you know. So or not Oscar, but Grammy ninety seven, nineteen ninety seven. That's wild. They, did they give an Oscar to Robert De Niro back in the day and he didn't show up and then they never gave him another Oscar? I think he got I have to, two. I have to look it up. I think he's gotten two Oscars. One for Godfather 2. I do uh, feel like if you fuck with the Academy and you like don't accept the award or you give it to somebody or you don't show up, they're like, you're out. Like Yeah. You're, you're blackballed. Well, that was Joaquin Phoenix's deal famously is he never campaigned and they took that, of, you know, they were offended by that. And I think when he won for Joker, I think he campaigned. I think that was the first year he was like, all right, I have to fucking try to get this goddamn thing because it's a performance of my life. But Woody Allen, kind of the same deal. He never showed up. Did you like uh, the Joker? I loved it. I really did. I, I was really ready to hate it, but I actually thought it was really great. Man, I was ready to like it. So that's maybe that's why I hated it. But I hated it. I, I almost watched it the other day. I was like, well, let me watch it again. But I know I'm going to still hate it. I thought it was beautiful. But it's definitely a Scorsese ripoff. It's definitely the king of comedy and ta and Taxi Driver. It's such a ripoff, dude. And nothing a rip -off. annoys me more 
than when something's just absolutely ripping something else off. It bugs me to no end. But I love Brian De Palma films, and most of his career was like him just taking Alfred Hitchcock and, you know, modernizing it. But I loved it. I, I lo- think Brian, Brian De, Palma De Palma is a super hack. Like, I don't, right, a lot I, of people do. I don't like any of his films. In fact, I I used to think what? I, I I used to think I liked Scarface, and then I watched that recently, and I was like, God damn it, this movie sucks. Carlito's Way, check, dip back in on that one. Dip in on Casualties of War. Dip dip in on Phantom of the Paradise. No sweat, dude. I'll dip in on all of them, and I know <laughs> that when I dip in, I'll be like, fuck this movie. Dude, dip in on fucking body double. Dude, blow Bi- out. Body double might be the only one that I might still like, but I, okay, have, a wait feel- a I have a feeling if I watch it, I'm just going to be like, oh, wait this a is minute. so You don't like Blow Out with Travolta? That's a great movie. Is it, all right, if I'm going to watch one Brian De Palma film to change blowout. my mind, you're, you're saying Blowout. Yeah, for sure. That's the one. Done. I'll watch it today. Let me tell you about a movie that's not in any danger of winning any Oscars that I started last night after punishment of starting Mortal Kombat. Oh, I finished Mortal Kombat, but I wasn't quite ready to go night-night. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch an episode of uh, that new show on HBO about witches. No, hard pivot away from that, too. Let me go ahead and start the four and a half hour Snyder cut of Justice League, which I made it about 20 minutes into. It's four and a half hours. I watched the whole thing. And? (laughs) Uh, First of all, I watched the original Justice League and it was horrible. We saw it in the theater. It's an F. (laughs) So that, that movie was horrible. Now, the new one looks incredible like it looks so beautiful and that first scene with wonder woman the first scene with wonder woman is so good like it's the first time i've ever been like like in the bank yeah yeah wonder woman in the bank i was like that or when i saw that i was like okay Okay. now i get now i get what wonder woman is i get how badass she is is for the first time so i thought that was incredible now the rest of the movie was pretty, as a, as a movie and as a story arc, pretty terrible. But the way it looked, like if something looks really beautiful, like I'm such, I, I'm, I just like looking at art. As a piece of art, I enjoyed watching it. And I really loved that scene at the end. Oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So, so there's, well, there's a, so when the movie's done, it's um, they go into the future and there's a scene. I'm not going to tell you what happens in the scene, but there's a scene from the future. And that scene, is amazing the the 20 minutes i saw it's just definitely beautiful it's definitely like gritty and dark and and interesting but i gotta tell you 25 minutes in i don't know what the fuck is going on everyone's protecting these black boxes and i don't understand anything about it so it's a it's a the setup so far is a fail but the movie is four and a half hours long so maybe you know if you scale all that down to what a normal storytelling framework would be for a film they maybe would have gotten a little more info across, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. And we saw Justice League of America in the theater because my wife loves Jason Momoa. And you talk about watching a movie like a week ago that you can't remember what happened. We were walking out of the theater and I didn't know what happened. I didn't understand what the movie was about. Well, you do know what happened in that movie, right? With the director and all that. Yeah. Uh, Well, it got taken away from him. Well, his daughter died. Oh. Zack Snyder's daughter died and he stepped away from the movie. And Josh, kind of this hack director that did... Josh Whedon? Josh Whedon, yeah. Got the project. And I think that guy's a real hack. Anyways, he got it. 
completely took it in a different direction. It became what it became. And even all the actors in the film were like, this movie sucks now. And they all wanted to bring Zack Snyder back. So HBO worked out a deal. They brought Zack Snyder in. They completely like reshot some of it. They completely redid the movie. And then that's what you end up seeing. And it's more like a Zack Snyder movie. Even though, has he made a good movie since 300? Not really. Well, I, I didn't like that movie either. I love 300. It's, it's pretty wild how you can take a lot of the same raw material, like the same shoots, but if you have a different vision, a different editor, a different director, you can get something out of it. I mean, the reviews I've been reading of this four and a half hour megalith is that it's pretty good, but I can't see it. I'm having a hard time seeing it. And the fact that they can't yeah. get Superman right, DC is fucked up. They can't get Superman right. None of those Superman movies are are good at all. They got the Batman shit right. I feel like they got it right in the seventies with Chris Reeve. Like that was pretty. Do those good. movies hold up? I don't know. I haven't watched him in a while, but he's he was so good as Superman. He was good, and and I I believe if I'm not wrong, Brando was in at least one of those. Marlon Brando. He was in the first one. He plays Daddy. He has a small part. Gene Hackman played Lex Luthor. He's real good. He's always good. Yeah. And the chick who played uh, Lois Lane was real good. Margot Kidder. I mean, uh, I, I do like Amy Adams the, the, as, as Lois Lane. The effects, the effects weren't great. Obviously, I don't know. There's no like. There's no equivalent to like the Dark Knight series uh, with Superman. I thought that Man of Steel was actually pretty good. I like Man of Steel. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good version of Superman. Well, I went and made a big list of. There's a film critic that I like named Priscilla, and uh, I looked at her f- top movies of 2020. So I made a big list. So I'm pretty excited to what's go on, through. What's on there? Well, one that I haven't seen yet is Tenet, uh, which I know got a lot of mixed reviews. But the Christopher Nolan film Tenet. Uh, I have surely, a, I have a feeling you're going to hate Tenet, but I, I I I liked it. It was it was it was it was fun. It, it's it's one of those movies when when it's over, you're like, wait a minute. Surely, One Night in Miami, The Vast of Night. One Night in Miami was bad. Fast and Night, I'm never going to watch. Let Them All Talk, Freaky, Lost Bullet, Promising Young Woman, Nomadland, of course, Kid Detective, that Zappa documentary. I watched that. The Zappa doc? Pretty good. He's such a fascinating guy, man. The thing I realized, I was like, oh, let me go listen. Let me go listen to some Zappa and see if I like it. Dude, guess what I don't like? Give you one word. Begins with a Z. Zappa. Yeah. I find it strange that you don't like him because it's so unnecessarily complex and it's not musical. But it's like, funny. It's funny, it's but funny I, shit. Dude, you can't just it can't just be funny. It has to be more than funny. And the problem with him is there's this thing. I like music that's pure and simple and melancholy and funny. And his is not pure or simple. It's so overly complicated and unnecessarily messy he just here's the thing you find you find out in that that documentary that he listened to this one album when he was like 18 or something by this weird avant-garde composer and then he spent the rest of his life like basically trying to be this guy chasing this weird dream of his but it'd be like if you listen to fucking Bartold Brecht three penny opera when you were 18 and then you spent the rest of your life trying to write some weird you know mac the knife shit and everybody be like what are you doing 
Shit sucks. But he, well, a lot of it's rock and roll too. I mean, Joe's Garage is worth listening to, I think. It's funny and it's strange and it comes at you from all these weird angles. And the playing on it's really fun. But I mean, I, I agree with you. It's definitely overly complicated. And I, my itch for Zappa gets scratched real quick. I can't do too much. Well, of here's the here's the thing about Zappa. If Zappa looked like who's the who's the guy that plays piano on David Letterman? Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer, yeah. Great songwriter, great player. If he looked like Paul Schaefer, nobody would give a fuck about Frank Zappa. But because Frank Zappa looks like Frank Zappa and his name is Zappa, that's why people care. He looks like a rock and roll guy. Well, the thing that I like, the thing that I like the most about Zappa is just his mind. And I love watching interviews with him. I don't know if you've ever kind of gone down a couple of rabbit holes of just well, watching him being the interviewed. Do- the documentary is just him being interviewed the entire documentary. He's super smart. He's smart, and but he's it's weird. He's smart, but he's so like he's he, he's smart, but he's also he's just got this chip on his shoulder that just gets old after a while. And then as he got older and older, he was like he just became like more and more like I'm going to become I'm going to run for president. He like became so political, and just when somebody becomes political, they just become boring. They just become so fucking boring. And people are like, "What are you doing?" He's like wearing suits and stuff, and I don't know. The other thing too is that he was such a fucking womanizer. Like, and and his wife knew it. Like, he was talking about coming off tour with the clap, and he was like, "Hey, you better go make an appointment and get some penicillin because I got the clap." And he's been married to the same woman for like 40 years or before he died. I mean, they right. got married and then he just fucked everybody while they were married. Yeah, but he comes out. They, the Mothers of Invention come out of that 60s free love shit. I mean, I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was obviously an arrangement she didn't have too much of a problem with. I don't know. People people say they don't have a problem with it, but they, that, again, you know. But then they do, yeah. Of course they do. It's like fucking Boogie Nights. That guy was like, yeah, it's fine. My wife's a fucking porn actress, so she's going to be having sex with other guys i get i'm fine with it and then he blows his brains out well (laughs) i have a friend in town who's you know good looking musician type guy and he's in an open relationship him and his girlfriend they they sleep with other people jesus christ and so and i remember my our therapist sonia telling us she was like you know like polyamory is actually she was like polyamory is actually pretty logical but it just takes really you have to be like be extremely emotionally advanced to pull it off because it you know because what happens is you get you have to have a lot of rules and so I'm on tour with this guy and he's telling me all about it and of course because he's the guy doing it it's just, it's the way to live I'm not mired down in these parochial you know uh, echoes of of monogamy it's, it doesn't make any sense anymore and blah 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 and he lives with this chick and she's a she's like a nurse or a doctor he's a musician and I'm like how does it work and he's like, well, we have rules. Like we each have a night per week. We don't fall in love. We don't. He he named like all their rules. And I'm telling you, for like a couple of years, he really held to it. He was just like, dude, me and this chick, we're super happy. He's like, we're just everyone needs to live this way. We're happy. Can can I'm I guess the ending of the story? Can I guess the end? Because yeah. I know how it ends. Doesn't work out. But keep going. It definitely didn't work out. But that's not what's unique about it. It specifically didn't work out because they were fucking other people. Like, fast forwards are like, whatever, maybe six months ago. And I'm re- I had to reach out to him. We were just reaching out through text. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, oh, man, it's been horrible. My partner fell in love with some dude she was seeing. Of course she, she did. And I'm like, dude, of course she did. Of course she did. <laughs> of course she did. Now, maybe that didn't happen for the 
20 partners before this guy. But you can't, I, I don't see how you can tangle up a lot of like physical intimacy without being in danger. I mean, people have emotional affairs all the time. You can't really entangle a lot of your emotional intimacy with someone without eventually wanting to sleep with them too. You have to be careful with all those dynamics. Dude, if you're sleeping with someone, pretty much everybody I've ever slept with, I was sort of in love with them while we were doing it. Yeah. Because I'm a romantic guy. Now, <laughs> did that love last longer than my ejaculation? No, never. Hardly. So romantic. Here's, here's the thing about open relationships and polyamory or whatever you want to call it. It's just a way for people who are afraid of commitments to make sure they're afraid of intimacy. And so they're like, you know what? I'm not going to be... It's intimacy issues on parade is what it is. Because here's the thing. If you strap yourself in with one person and you you put your whole heart into it and you go, this I'm, I'm yours and blah, blah, blah. And that shit doesn't work out. You're fucked. But if you're like fucking everybody and, oh, yeah, you can fuck whoever you want. It's basically just like you saying, I'm not going to be close to anybody in my life. And that works for some, like some people who are, they think it works, but really all it's doing is it's just stopping you from being intimate. I, I completely agree. And, but the framing of it is like, oh man, I mean, I love my partner. Why would I want to keep her from doing anything that made her happy? Like it just gets framed that way where I'm like, oh, okay, big hero, big hero for having some, you know, sort of contractual obligations within a relationship. Like don't fuck other people. We're all just cave people stuck in this thing. And you know what's it's just interesting about this one guy who I like a lot? And, and he's, he's pretty smart. Like, he can have a conversation. But check this out. This is kind of a red flag for me. Has literally never read a single book. <laughs> <laughs> never read a book. He told me what? that. How do you not me? read a book in your life? Like outside of like school, like high school, didn't go to college. So outside of high school, like where they make you read, you know, 1984, whatever you have to read to get through book reports or whatever, like in his adult life out of just pure free curiosity, never read a single bookie. Book. I don't know that guy. I don't know who he is, but I know one thing about him. 100%. That dude is checked the fuck out, dude. That dude is <laughs> checked the fuck out. <laughs> Of course he can't read a book, dude. He's like fucking looking at the thing and he's like, oh, what's next? There's right. another word. Dude, I started reading, speaking of books, I started reading, uh, my wife had a sleepover with uh, uh, one of her friends yesterday because she had a birthday. And uh, so I you know, had to tuck my daughter in and I'm like, what do you want to read? You know, She just finished reading some chapter book and I'm like, what about Harry Potter? She's like, yeah, let's do it. So, dude, I started with Harry Potter book one and read like the first two chapters of that to her. Dude, I think I'm going to just read the whole Harry Potter series myself. It's one of the greatest collection of books of all time. Dude, I, I, I stopped at book five because... Oh, really? I did. I, so I read the first four and... I still, to this day, except for Lonesome Dove in that series, it's the favorite. My favorite thing I've ever read is the Harry Potter books. And, uh, but yeah, I had to wait between book four and five. Like it hadn't come out yet by the time I pin finished book four. And maybe it was six months, maybe it was a year before it came out. And then when it came out, I, I, you know, when you start reading something, but I can't remember shit. 
Mm-hmm. So I was just like having a hard time getting into it, getting into book five. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. and then at some point I stopped reading it for a couple of weeks and then I just never went back and never that's finished my, the series. That's my favorite one, Order of the Phoenix. What's weird is I loved book one. I was like, well, it can't get better. And then book two was better than book one. And then I was like, well, it can't get better than this. And then book three was better than book two. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's this, that's as good as a book can get. <laughs> and then book four was better than book three. <laughs> and it was like, how is this possible? And then book five, I was like, eh, I'm not buying it. But then I've heard that book five is actually a really good book, but it's just start slow or something. The first hundred pages are rough. It's my favorite one. It's definitely the darkest one. Um, yeah, dude, you should revisit that. I've only re- gone through them one time, but I did do it as an adult. And I was able to do it. When I got to book seven right when it came out. And I spent all of Christmas Day, whatever that year was, 2007 or something. I just read that book all day. Yeah, I wish I could have just gone right from book four to five. I know I would have. Because that's what I was able to do. Yeah. I didn't have to wait. Well, listen, we got to go. This has been, is it, is it okay? Is it not okay? The review podcast where we just review stuff and mm-hmm. shit on everything, basically. We, we basically just went through and we shat on everything. Well, Here's what I suggest you guys do. Wash your hands diligently after this episode because you probably got a little bit of poop on them because we just shat on everything. Anyways, uh, check out Clint's other podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast. Check out my song club. But really what you need to do most and first and foremost is if you haven't done it, leave a review. And it can be as simple as thanks, daddies. Uh, it'll take you two seconds. Also rate it five stars. Let people know in your life how much you love this podcast. And if you do indeed love it and you want to feel good about who you are and you want some of that BDE, it's not free. Go to patreon.com backslash IOK join today or don't. It's up to you. You decide. Uh, until next time. Peace. Peace. (laughs) 